What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Never in the history of the United States, a monster of such size and power. Welcome to Listen to This, a podcast that brings you the stories behind the songs and artists with a theme to tie it all together. Here's your host, Eric Leckie. Welcome to another episode of Listen to This. This is the podcast dedicated to bringing you stories behind the artists, behind the songs, and hopefully we're introducing you to old songs that have influenced all that music that you hear today. The goal is we want you to hear an artist that you might not normally listen to and search out their music on whatever streaming service you subscribe to and maybe, of course, buy it on physical media like vinyl or CD. We invite you to subscribe, comment, and recommend this podcast to a friend. Every episode has a theme, and today's is choo-choo. It's time to talk trains. Run here round the bend you want to hear Story about a brave engineer Casey Jones was around his name And on a big six-wheeler he won his fame The caller called Casey about a quarter to four Kissed his wife at the kitchen door Jumped into the cabin with his orders in his hands He took a little trip into the promised land Well, Casey Jones, I was talking about Casey Jones He had his orders in his hands Casey Jones, went about to his cabin He took a little trip to the promised land Casey we here at Listen to This have done an episode on cars, we've done an episode on flying, and unless I do an episode on hot air ballooning, which actually don't tempt me, maybe I will do that, I don't know, but the only other method of travel that we haven't covered is trains. Trains are romantic and nostalgic. They're a relic of the past, however, though. We have Tesla self-driving cars and spaceships and who knows, maybe teleportation in our future. Why do we still need to have trains? Some politicians in California, for instance, have spent billions and billions of dollars on building a little choo-choo train from L.A. to San Francisco that hasn't laid one foot of track yet and has spent over $100 billion. Doesn't make sense, people. What I love about this theme is when musicians are singing about trains, they can't help but make their music sound like a train chugging along. Listen for it as we dive into today's theme of trains. Because trains seem so old school, there are a lot of 
older songs about trains, as you also see in today's episode, like our intro song, The Jubilaires, with Casey Jones. The Jubilaires were an American gospel group between 1940 and 1950 is when they were the most active. They were previously known as the Royal Harmony Singers in 1936. Their song about the mythical Casey Jones reached number 10 on the R&B charts in November of 1942, along with Praise the Lord and Pass the Ammunition, a song adapted from the speech of a naval chaplain in response to the attack on Pearl Harbor the previous year. Johnny Burnett Trio with Lonesome Train on a Lonesome Track. Man, that guy just feeling pretty blue and sad about trains. Believe it or not, the Johnny Burnett Trio were invited to appear on the Ted Mack Amateur Hour, where they won the competition three times in a row. And I want you to, to listen to this record and just imagine that anything that raw, winning three weeks in a row on American Idol or The Voice, wouldn't happen. Train I ride Sixteen coaches long Train I ride Sixteen coaches long Well, that long black train 
song so nice i played it twice little junior parker with mystery train first and then after that mr brian setzer with his version of mystery train done two ways mystery train was written and originally recorded by junior parker the first artist i played for you in 1953 for sam phillips sun records in fact phillips actually gets a co-writing credit on the song parker was he was a pretty renowned blues musician from memphis but He's best known for this song and was more known for his singing than he was his guitar playing. His guitar playing was pretty average, unlike Brian Setzer, who totally rocks it on that song. He never achieved the popularity of players like Buddy Guy and B.B. King, and he was just 39 when he died in 1971 of a brain tumor. Brian Setzer's version was second and usually the song that he and the band does all of their solos on when performing live. Really a great rockabilly song, and I played you the Live from Japan version there. I'll see that you don't walk I haven't got a nickel Not a penny can I show Get off, get off, be railroad bum And he slammed the boxcar door Jimmy Rogers with Waiting for a Train Singing Breakman Jimmy Rogers was born in the Deep South in September of 1897, and as a young man worked on the railroad. In 1924, he contracted tuberculosis, one of the great scourges of history as it ravaged through and, you know, pretty much wrecked a lot of people's lives. It was this that led to his star rising. Forced to give up his job, he formed a band, and three years later received his big break when he was recorded by Ralph Peer of the Victor Talking Machine Company. Alas, his career was short-lived because he died in 1933 as a result of his illness. At 35, he was a year younger than another famous TB sufferer from the Deep South, Doc Holliday.
despite the title of that song from The Clash, Train in Vain, Stand By Me, Train in Vain does not appear in the song. The predominant lyric is Stand By Me, but that's the title of a famous song by Ben E. King. The title of the Clash song comes from the train rhythm in the song combined with the theme of being lost. It's also a reference to Tammy Wynette's 1975 single Stand By Your Man. Quote, you say you stand by your man, tell me something I don't understand, which is in the song. On the original vinyl copy of the album, Train in Vain isn't listed on the track listing on the sleeve. The story about that is, is the song was recorded for a promotional disc once the London Calling sessions were done, and the disc idea kind of fell through. Think of it as like a promo disc. It just kind of fell through, leaving the song with no home. Well, the band kind of hastily tacked the song on to the end of the album just before the vinyl pressing, but the sleeve had already been designed, and there was no time to add it to the track listing. The only clue its existence is the run groove on side four where the name is carved into the vinyl. And all subsequent releases, including the CD copies, Train in Vain is included on the track listing sleeve. Needless to say, if you own one of the vinyl records that don't have the track listed, it's worth quite a bit of money. Yeah, yeah. You train. Clippity clap, clippity clap, clippity, 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 clippity clapping along. There's a plug of chaw tobacco for a rancher in Corona, a guitar for a cowboy way out in Arizona, a dress of calico for a pretty Navajo. Get along, you get along. You train. That was Frankie Lane with Mule Train. As he does in the song. The song was composed by Fred Glickman, High Heath, and John Lang, who made a bunch of songs, and it was produced by Mitch Miller. It's sung from the perspective of a mule train driver delivering a variety of goods to folks in the Old West. Frankie Lane's innovative version that incorporated studio effects set the standard for covers that followed. Basically, everyone who covered the song had to do those sound effects. He actually took the song to number one in October of 1949. And because of its whip-cracking accompaniment, the song is also kind of important in the history of popular music as it was one of the first produced records that couldn't be replicated by a solo artist on the piano using just sheet music. So they would, you could sell off the sheet music for the song, but there's no way to put on music a whip-crack and a sound effect. So that kind of made it unique. Ford's version featured a cameo by country singer Merle Travis, who provided the whip sound effect by blowing air through his pursed lips, and then they filtered that noise through an echo chamber.
tickets, please. Poppity bop, poppity bop, boopity 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 boop, poppity bop, poppity bop, boopity 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 boop. Tickets, please. Let's get our tickets out here. Tickets, please. Peanuts, popcorn, get them on the red hot. Tickets, please. I played two for you there. The Allman Brothers Band with All Night Train. And then Lord Buckley with The Train. The Allman Brothers Band song, All Night Train, is a, it's a song that really just deals with Greg Allman's drug addiction. He took drugs for most of his adult life and was actually forced to testify against his supplier in 1975. What a bummer. He wrote it with band members Warren Haynes and Chuck Lovell. After that, Lord Buckley with The Train, and he was a pretty eccentric performer who got his start as the master of ceremonies at dance marathons. He had a pretty unique vocal style, rhythmic in its presentation. Come on! Trying to find somewhere to belong So come on, train Oh, twofer for you there's two in a row of two in a rows that makes four people don thomas was up first with come on train and he released this classic northern soul track in 1973 his real name is charlie thomas and he was a member of the drifters great band between 1969 and 1971 after that was tiny bradshaw not terry bradshaw tiny bradshaw with train kept a rolling i want you to listen to the beginning of that record and there's a call and response section where tiny goes but ow and the whole band goes but ow and the tiny goes but hey and the whole band goes but day except for one guy who still goes but ow just something I found interesting in the song. One guy didn't get the message to do the other callback. Nowadays, you would just take the Pro Tools uh, audio track and take that guy out or maybe re-record the whole track. But back then, it was more important to be great than perfect. Perfect. <laughs> 
song that was that was the monkeys with last train to clarksville last train to clarksville was written by tommy boyce and bobby hart they're a songwriting team who came up with many of the songs for the monkeys they also wrote songs for chubby checker and jay and the americans boyce and hart wrote this as a protest to the vietnam war they had to keep this quiet in order to get it recorded but it's about a guy who gets drafted and goes to fight in the war the train is taking him to an army base and he knows he may die in Vietnam. At the end of the song, he states, I don't know if I'm ever coming home. Bobby Hart said of writing this song, we were just looking for a name that sounded good. There's a little town in northern Arizona I used to go through in the summertime on the way to Oak Creek Canyon called Clarksdale. We were just throwing out names for ideas, and when we got to Clarksdale, we thought Clarksville sounded even better. We didn't know it at the time, but there's an Air Force base near the town of Clarksville, Tennessee, which would have fit the bill fine for the storyline. We couldn't be too direct with the band The Monkees. We couldn't really make a protest song out of it so we kind of had to sneak it in the only monkey to appear on this song by the way was mickey Dolts, who sang the lead four members of the group were chosen from over 400 applicants to appear on the tv show based on the beatles movie a hard day's night the show was about a fictional band so the members were chosen more for their looks and acting ability than for their musical talent Session musicians that played on the Monkees' albums were basically just the Wrecking Crew, who I've mentioned many times before. Yonder come a miserable thing, I world, do you know? Well, I know about an ape and a dress she wore, I'm a riller on the shore. Paper in a hand. Well, I'm going to ask the governor. He's trying to lose my man. Living in the midnight special. Shining light on me. Living in the midnight special. Shining light on me. When you get up in the morning, when that big bell rings, you go to march into the table. Same damn thing, nice and fork 
the legend Lead Belly with his song about a train midnight special. And according to folk music historian Alan Lomax, as documented in the book Folk Song USA, the midnight special was a real train, the Southern Pacific Golden Gate Limited. It's a traditional folk song. Lead Belly popularized it upon its release from his release from Sugar Land Prison in Texas, where he could hear the midnight special come through. In the song, the light of the train give the inmates hope. If it shines on them, they take it as a sign that they will go free. The train that provided this title got its name because it departed Jackson, Mississippi at 12.05 a.m. on Sunday mornings, arriving at Parchman Prison 130 miles to the north at dawn, the prison also known as Parchman Farm, or more formally Mississippi State Prison. It was on thousands of acres of land where the inmates did hard labor. While they worked, they would sometimes sing about the midnight special, which brought visits from friends, family, and for conjugal visits, first of their kind. Many blues artists have recorded the song, but it was also covered by musicians of many styles. I mean, everyone from, let's see, ABBA, Van Morrison, Johnny Rivers, who charted with the song in number 20 in 1965, by the way. One of the most popular covers, though, is by Credence Clearwater Revival. But the biggest chart hit was by a guy named Paul Evans in 1960, who took it all the way to number 16. could drink no more. And so he fell asleep with a troubled brain to dream that he rode on a downbound train. The engine with blood was sweaty and damp and brilliantly lit with a brimstone lamp. And if a few was shoveled and bones while the furnace rang with a thousand groans. The devil himself was the engineer. The passengers were most a motley crew. Some were foreigners and others he knew. Rich men in broadcloth, beggars in rags. Handsome young ladies in wicked old hags. According to Chuck Berry's autobiography, Downbound Train, which I just played for you, was inspired by Berry's fire and brimstone religious upbringing. Both his parents were staunch Baptists and sang in the Antioch Church Choir, which rehearsed in his home. It's a song about redemption and warning against alcohol abuse. A man who has too much drink falls asleep on a barroom floor and has a vivid dream about riding a train. The train, which is driven by the devil himself, contains an eclectic mix of people he knows, foreigners, rich and poor. When the man wakes up, he renounces the demon drink, the message that anyone from the background can be afflicted by drink, no matter if they're rich or poor. When the man wakes up, he renounces the demon drink. The message is that anyone from any background can be afflicted by drink or by some other vice or sin, but we can all choose to be saved. Downbound Train was released in December 1955 as the B-side of No Money Down, a song I played for you in the car episode all the way back in season two. <laughs> 
Jimi Hendrix with Hear My Train A-Comin'. And listen, I prefer the acoustic version of that song. It's just fantastic. It's one of the best things he's ever made. But they always play the acoustic song, and I thought I wanted to play the lesser-played studio version from the 2010 release Valleys of Neptune album that made a lot of his studio outtakes and demos available for the first time. Actually, a pretty fabulous album, if you could pick it up. Also known as Getting My Heart Back Together Again, Hendrix often played this song live, but never released the song officially on an album. He first played it in studio in December of 1967, and during a photo shoot session, he was just given a guitar and asked to play something for the camera. Well, that original tape was rediscovered in 1993 and was remastered by Eddie Kramer. You can hear it on the blues compilation released in 1994. And by the way, that's the acoustic version that you hear on the radio. It's literally someone giving him a guitar at a photo shoot and saying, hey, play us something. And it was just freaking magic on that same album that was released in 1994 you can also hear a live version played by hendrix on may 30th of 1970 in berkeley california well i ride on a mill train baby Down the 
double E Don't the sun look good Going down over the sea But don't mind Yeah, look fine When she's coming after me Patron saint of the Listen to This podcast, Mr. Bob Dylan with It Takes a Lot to Laugh it takes a train to cry. In this song, Dylan mixes lyrics of his own with lyrics from old blues songs like Charlie Patton, Brownie McGee, and Leroy Carr. At face value, it seems to be expressing a sense of world weariness. But some fans argue that if you look hard enough, you'll discover that it is actually about sexual frustration and is full of innuendo. The title is suggesting life is fundamentally sad. While it takes a lot to make us laugh, it takes something as simple as a mun- and mundane as a train and its consequent associations such as lovers leaving town to make us cry. On July 25th of 1965, Dylan performed this song at the Newport Folk Festival as part of his very controversial electric set, Dylan Goes Electric. The folk fans in the crowd were angry that Dylan was playing with an amplified band at a strictly acoustic festival and booed throughout the performance. He would not return to the festival until 2002. Steely Dan took the title of their 1972 debut album, a really good one, Can't Buy a Thrill, from the song's opening lines, While I Ride on a Mail Train Baby, I Can't Buy a Thrill. was 1973 the height of the philadelphia soul genre was dawning and love train came along with just the right sound at just the right time it was written by kenny gamble and leon huff who were producers for the ojs who i played for you just there the team of gamble and huff would go on to write and produce over 170 gold and platinum records and they also wrote backstabbers and for the love of money two more key songs in the oj's career the lyrics make a call for unity and world peace mentioning england russia china egypt israel and africa love train was the first of our big message songs oj singer walter williams said in an interview 1972 was explosive. Vietnam was rumbling on. The rich were getting richer. So it was the perfect time to sing about social issues. The song mentioned places that were having human rights problems, but in a positive, hopeful way. The first stop we make will be England. Tell all the folks in Russia and China, too, he says in the song. My baby. 
After 909 and one after 909 is about a lady who tells her boyfriend she is leaving on the train that leaves after the train number 909. He begs her not to go, but she does anyway. He packs his bag and rushes after her and discovers that she is not on the one after 909. So he goes home depressed and goes into the wrong house. John Lennon wrote this jaunty number in 1959. It was one of his first songs. He penned the tune during a visit to his grandparents' three-bedroom terrace house at 9 Newcastle Road in Wavertree, Liverpool, where he spent the first five years of his life living with his parents and grandparents. Part of the Beatles' early live repertoire, this wasn't released until their last album. The album was going to be titled Get Back and was supposed to be the Beatles getting back to their roots and playing live. It didn't work out that way, and by the time the album was released, the Beatles had broken up and Let It Be was chosen as the title. One After 909 was included on the album because the group performed it twice in the movie Let It Be, including the impromptu concert on the Apple Records rooftop. Asylum with Runaway Train. We needed some 90s representation on this episode. 
Soul Asylum lead singer Dave Perner wrote this song, which is about depression. It took him a few years to complete the song. At first, it had different lyrics with a refrain of laughing in the rain, which he knew was too similar to the Neil Sedaka song, Laughter in the Rain. Perner had the tune in his head, but it wasn't until he went through some dark times that the runaway train slash depression metaphor really hit him. And then he wrote the lyrics in a single sitting. The music video for Runaway Train featured photographs and names of missing children in the style of a public service announcement. At the end of the video, lead singer Dave Perner appeared and said, if, you're, if you've seen one of these kids or you are one of them, please call this number before a missing children's telephone help number uh, appeared on the bottom of the screen. The video was edited for outside of the U.S. to include photos and names of missing children from wherever the video was to be shown. Kind of innovative. The video drew awareness to the problem and was instrumental in reuniting several children with their families. Great job, Soul Asylum. Acoustic guitars are the lead instruments on the song, but listen carefully and you'll hear an organ in the mix. This was a Hammond B3 organ played by Booker T. Jones, who you would know as Booker T. in the MGs. song from the 90s i thought i had to go really old for the song after that so that was duke ellington with take the a train the song was written by billy strayhorn who played piano and wrote arrangement for duke ellington's band strayhorn recalled that the song became the signature opening piece for duke ellington and his orchestra came to him with very little effort in fact he said that the music and lyrics for take the a train was originally recorded on february 15 1941 by ellington for Victor Records came more quickly than the subject of the song itself, the New York subway line to the Sugar Hill district of Harlem. It was so easy for him, he said, it was like writing a letter to a friend. The fact that Ellington used the song as his orchestra's opening theme, making it his signature song, says a great deal about it and his appreciation for Strayhorn. Most band leaders would not put a song that is not their own composition in the spotlight in this way, but the relationship between Strayhorn and Ellington was not typical. Duke Ellington wrote in his autobiography that Strayhorn was, quote, was not and he was often referred to many times as my alter ego, but Billy Strayhorn was really my right arm, my left arm, and the eyes in the back of my head. 
Fans of the song are undoubtedly familiar with the trumpet solo, which is performed by Ray Nance. It's frowned upon in jazz, which prides itself as an improvisational style of music to repeat an ad-libbed solo. However, Nance's solo is the definitive one, and Ellington said that no trumpet player can play the song without borrowing from what Nance offered. Well, the train whistle blows off in the distance. You hear a chugging sound. The train slows and comes into the station. And this is our final stop. It will end with an Elton John song called, ironically enough, The Train Don't Stop There Anymore. I love it when I plan an episode like that. This piano ballad finds Elton in a reflective mood, looking back on his past glories and thinking about how he feels about them now. Using a railroad metaphor, he sings about how he used to be a huge star in the song he says The Main Express, but now he's done with those days. Quote, This Train Don't Stop There Anymore. These are not the words of Elton John, but of his lyricist Bernie Taupin, who throws light on one side of Elton's personality. His days of high excess may have ended, but Elton's train kept going and making lots of stops along the way as he kept touring and continuing to put on pretty grand performances. The song has a very memorable video directed by David LaChapelle and starring Justin Timberlake, as young Elton John at the height of his fame. Timberlake walks in slow motion as he lip-syncs the track, mingling with fans and industry associates along the way. Paul Rubens appears in this clip as a background character for some weird reason. Anyways, we hope you enjoyed it, and this episode about trains has come to its conclusion with The Train Don't Stop There Anymore. Remember to turn it up loud. You may not believe it, but I don't believe in miracles anymore. And when I think about it, I don't believe I ever did for sure. All the things I've said in songs, all the purple rose you bought from me. Reality's just black and white The sentimental things that write Never meant that much to me I used to be the main express All steam and whistles heading west Picking up my pain from door to door Riding on the storyline Furnace burning all the time But this Thank you for listening to Listen to This. Please recommend to a friend and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. For more podcasts and online content, please visit thisisfunner.com. This is Funner. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>